when he said triple G, I thought mm-hmm. he was just like slang for algae, you know, the G. And so I, when he said triple G, I was like, what? How many algaes are there in there? Three algaes? <laughs> <laughs> There's at least three algaes in each batch of triple G. Triple algaes? Wow. Hello, and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass MILFs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Afritania, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I were Clark and I had kept that bird as a pet instead of like shooting it, I think she should have named it Pidgey. Great name. From Pokemon. Yeah, no, I got it. For sure. Thanks. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I were Clark and I had kept the bird as a pet, I think she should have named it Kermit. Kermit? Yeah, just in general, like, for multiple reasons, um, but mainly just because it's a good name. I mean, it is a great name. Yeah. It's the name of a frog and a dog. Exactly. And now yeah. a crow. Fantastic. Today we have words to say about episode 501 of The 100, Eden. Because guess what? Ooh. What? The 100's back. Yeah. It's been a year. Bro, I was so apprehensive. Why? Tell me why. Well, the I, I kind of made sense of it. It's like literally... The whole week leading up to it, everyone was like, I'm so excited. This is the best thing ever. And I was like, I don't want it. Because, like, I... Your worst opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Um, But, like, I had made, like, such closure with the end of season four. Like, if that had been the end, I would have been like, okay. What? Uh, Well, I mean, you know, if that's what I'm going to get, then that's what I'm going to get. And and then, like, Uh you know... Once they're like, oh, more content is coming. There's more story. I'm like, oh, I am stressed now. Anyone could (laughs) die. Because at the end of season four, they were like, your faves are still alive mostly. And I'm like, cool, I'll stick with that. And now I'm like, but will they be by the end of this season? The great thing is they probably will be. But to refresh listeners, should we tell people who all our faves are? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Robin, who are your faves on The 100? Um, My main fave is John Murphy. I am the president of this fictional John Murphy fan club that I uh, made up in my mind, and Richard mm-hmm. is the vice president, and we decided yeah. that at Unity Days, so. Yeah. So it's legit. Richard truly is on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else are my faves? Monty, Raven, Jackson, Dad Miller. Oh, may he rest in peace. Yeah, those are all my faves. I like how your faves are just like actors you've met that you really like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my faves are obviously, um, if anyone's spoken to me for like more than five minutes about this show, uh, Kane and Abby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Raven. Yeah. And then everyone else is just kind of like after that. Um, having said that, I have seen one episode of season five, Clark, and I am in love with her. So, yeah. I mean, like, I always like like Clark, but 
now I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Who Who is this? I love her. Honestly, though, like, if they weren't on the ground, I was like, ah, I'm stressed again. <laughs> Every time we saw the space crew, I was like, ah, too many things could have happened. Like, if they're like, here's what happened with Clark. I'm like, okay, got it. But when they're like, here's what happened in space, I'm like, ah, there's too many dynamics. I can't keep track of them. Well, what do you think of the dynamics? I don't know. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do because we're doing this on the Riverdale pod, too. Yeah. So, I think you know where I'm going with this, but if you yeah, don't, this would yeah. be fun for you. We are big fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we don't heck and shut up about it. It's yeah, very annoying it's, it's to most very, humans. Yeah, it's it's incredibly irritating. <laughs> um, we just like to talk about men in dresses for some reason. Yeah. Don't think too deeply about it. Eh. And, like, specific men in dresses, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, like, really specific men in dresses. Yeah. Um, but... There is a recap show on YouTube that they do after each episode called Fashion Photo Review, done by two former contestants and, like, one winner, Raj and Raven, yeah. where they toot or boot the looks from the main runway of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. So what we are going to do from now on is toot or boot the episodes. Yeah. Toot means you loved it. Boot means you hated it. Shoot means you super loved it. And bless means, oh, he didn't even really try. Yeah. <laughs> I give this episode a shoot. Like, it's so good Ooh. that it's far beyond a toot. I think it was so good. See, and and we've only just started doing this on the Riverdale podcast, but I would like to openly come out and say that when I toot or boot something, it's not like whether I thought it was good. I have been tooting and booting depending on how it made me feel. Okay. So far, at least. And so I'm not going to give this uh, episode a shoot, but I'm definitely going to give it a toot. Fair enough. Because as much as I loved getting all this new information and everything, watching, you know, Bunker, I was like, ah, Space, I was like, ah, Clark stuff, I was like, dope, let's keep going. <laughs> you know? Yeah, with so Clark like, stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. The stuff in Space was great, and I'm excited to talk about it, and um, I thought it was good, but it just made me feel really stressed out, so that's why it's not a shoot for me. Well, so welcome to the 100. This show's yeah. really stressful. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the title of the episode. Okay. Um, basically the only thing I really have about it is that it's like the Garden of Eden from the Bible, Adam and Eve and such. Any more thoughts? (laughs) Um, it's also the name of Jason Rothenberg's daughter, who is the creator and the showrunner of The Hundred. Hey, I see what you did there, Jason. So it does double duty. And Jason, if you ever want to come talk to us. Come talk to us. We come meditation <laughs> approved. I know this for a fact. Yeah. The bunker. The bunker. Oh, okay. are we doing that because it's the smallest part? Yeah. Um, and also because I like have the most thoughts on like Clark's whole thing, and so I want to talk about that last. Yeah. So the bunker, death battles, blood floor, fences. Those are my notes. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to deal with <laughs> conflict, I guess. Can't relate. Cannot relate. I'd literally be like, someone kill me now. I'm not fighting. Yes, but you are so bad at these things. Like, I want to live, but if I'm going to be, like, uncomfortable, nah. I'm actually really interested in this because I feel like Octavia, the way they've been framing her this season, is supposed to be, like, borderline, like, a huge... I feel like antagonist. Yeah. 
Which is kind of weird considering Octavia is also one of the heroes. Yeah. But based on everything that Marie has said um, at cons and stuff, it sounds like Octavia is very much like in a dictator role. Yeah. Which doesn't make her very far away from how Jaha used to govern. Yeah, and how Pike tried to govern as well. Exactly. Like, have none of these people heard of democracy? (laughs) Pike should have. He's the Earth skills. But really, they haven't. Like, Jaha didn't have democracy on the Ark. Like, they had a council, but it was mostly, like... Yeah, like, upper-class people. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely, like, a class division on the Ark. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... On the ground, it was Kane and Abby kind of trading that back and forth, and then Pike, mm-hmm. and then Kane and Abby again. Yeah, but no, no one's been elected. Then Octavia, I guess Octavia technically was elected in a trial by fire. I don't know if I would call that elected. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not. I'm really not sure how to feel um, about this. Mostly because I want to see the the plot play out, and next week is going to be all bunker. Yeah, I I don't really feel like I have any real opinions on this yet. Other I'm excited than, though. Other than please no. Yeah. Why murder? Robin feels abject dread. I'm psyched as hell <laughs> because I love this dark stuff. Like. Yes, bring on this Hunger Games meets I'm sure Hannibal kind of vibe. Like, if they don't eat someone, I'm going to be shocked. Um, okay, Brittany. <laughs> Am I wrong? I guess not. I If they eat someone, I, I will not be shocked, but I will be horrified. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like cannibalism is in this show's future. Yeah. It feels like a natural progression. If the, Marie that's is not Marie lie. Said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Gaia and Indra are there. They don't seem super pleased about what's going on. Octavia is watching from her throne and, and half of her head is red. What does that mean? Oh, it means that she saw Mad Max one time and mm-hmm, she really mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. took all the wrong lessons away from Furiosa. Yeah, maybe she's, like, trying to dye her hair with berries like Clark does, except she just keeps missing. <laughs> like, can you imagine her being like, time to put this in my hair? Oh, not again. Oh, damn it. Jenna Marbles pops up and she's like, I could have done that better. <laughs> Come into Jenna's Ratchet Salon, Octavia. <laughs> Octavia watches, like, old episodes of, like, Jenna Marbles on YouTube. And she's like, I could do that. Jenna Marbles can do that. I could do that. It's like, you didn't listen to the part where Jenna said, don't try this at home. Yeah. So, Yeah. Theories? In terms of, like, what's going on there? Yeah, or whatever. Like, what's what are your bunker thoughts right now? I don't really have that many. My main thought is just, like, you know, where's Jackson and Miller? How, how, how is, um... Miller was there. Maxson. What? I didn't see him. Dumb? He was the first person. Okay, cool. So, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that Octavia's throne is... Uh-huh, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm... Uh, that's my thoughts right now. My uh, my other thoughts are, oh my god, I haven't seen Kane and Abby in a year and a couple weeks because they weren't in four thirteen either. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen Kane and Abby since uh, four twelve. So I'm a little like, can I please get there? But I know that they're going to be in the next episode. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. 
But mostly, like, from this scene, I'm excited about the Bunker storyline. I think it's going to be dark as hell, but, like, you know, that's the show. Yeah. But I really want to know where Octavia found, like, all the spare parts to make a throne. Like, what in her head made her think, oh, you know what I need? A throne. Actually, I'm answering my own question. Any teenager would be like, oh, man, I want a throne. Yeah, if I'm in charge. I want a throne. Princess, please. But I don't think I would make people kill each other. Yeah, yeah. I can't really relate to that one. Yeah. I mean, because the grounders didn't, like, that wasn't their way of doing things. No. It was like, it was juiced rain, juiced down, but it wasn't like a bloody killing pit. Right. So uh, it looks like Octavia's perverting some of, like, the foundations of grounder culture and just mm. going buck wild. True. What do you think? All right. It's sky crew or space crew time. Are you excited? No, I'm stressed. Well, I'm excited because I'm really excited to talk about Murphamy. Oh, boy. Oh, that's what should be happening. Murphamy is real. Yeah. I've been saying it since season one, fam. Yeah, like, honestly, I saw that. I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. So, like, these are two people who are meant to be together. Yeah. I've always thought so. Yeah. So Bellamy's looking down right as Clark's looking up and it's a whole thing. And Echo and Raven are fighting. <gasps> I love Echo training Raven. And later Murphy's like, I thought you wanted us to train. I'm like, what are they training for, my friend? I would like to know. Always be ready. Hello. You got to be strong once you get back down on the ground. <laughs> I feel like if Bellamy was like, Robin, you got to train. I'd be like, uh, nah. Nah. <laughs> You'd be Amy in Pitch Perfect. You'd be like sitting on the <laughs> seats and just like moving your legs and be like, I'm sideways running. I'd be like, nah, what am I training for? Like, what? what's my motivation in this scene? You know? You would ask Bellamy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I would. Yeah, you would. And then he would be like, you have to be prepared for when we go on the ground and there are more evil people even though everything's dead and how am I to know there are evil people down there and I will say that's five years away buckaroo yeah that's a five year away problem yeah but I feel like I feel like Bellamy and Echo are like that couple (laughs) like the the gym rat couple ew (laughs) they are though I mean okay for the record like I'm on board Becco so like no Becco hate but they're totally that couple who, like, take selfies together at the gym. Yeah. Yeah, and they, like, do push-ups on each other. <laughs> okay, but that's mildly adorable. <laughs> oh, my God, Bellamy doing push- Or, no, you know what? It's Echo doing push-ups while Bellamy sits cross-legged on her back. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love it. So, Echo lets Raven win so that they can eat food. And um, Monty talks about how his algae is now new and improved and it's called Triple G, which stands for Green's Green Goop. No, it doesn't. It stands for Guy's Grocery Game. Bro, I am so embarrassed. <laughs> when he said. I'm not letting that joke go. Yeah, it was fine. Thank you. And so, um, when he said Triple G, I thought mm-hmm. he was just like slang for algae, you know, the G. Oh, that's better. And so I, when he said triple G, I was like, "What? How many algaes are there in there? Three algaes? 
There's at least three <laughs> algaes in each batch of triple, triple G. Triple algae? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's like quadruple G. And yeah. Bellamy's like, so is the extra G make it better or? Okay, anyway. Bellamy's watching Eden. So it's cute that like they chose that name for it. And Bellamy obviously named it because he's a history nerd. Ah, he likes books. <laughs> nerd. Bellamy likes two things in this world. Books and Echo. Yeah, I'm trying to make a pun. Um, um, I give up. Mm, that was a great story. Becco, but it's just books and Echo. <gasps> <laughs> it's perfect. Great. No one will ever think of that name for anything else. No. Um, Amori's working on the radio and Raven explains that atmospheric radiation takes out the radio signals. So do you think that once like they're out of that sort of realm, suddenly like all of Clark's things will start happening at the same time because they're just bouncing around the atmosphere waiting for someone to hear them? That's not how radio works. I know! I just think it would be cute if they're like, oh, she's been talking to us this whole time. Yeah, that's like the whole shame is like, they'll probably find out she's been talking, but they'll never hear yeah. like her daily diaries, which breaks my heart. Yeah, because they're so cute and fun. And like, she clearly... No, we're getting into it. We can't talk about Clark yet. Right. Okay, here's the thing I like about this scene is Amori is Raven's like little apprentice. Yeah, except Raven doesn't like it. Raven, I think Raven does. Raven's just like mad at a lot of other things, right? Because she—it's clear that she kind of adores what a nerd Mori is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think that there's no heckin' way that everyone's been sleeping with each other, and Raven's just alone the whole time. And that's the tea. I think that that's unrealistic because Lindsay Morgan is prettier than everyone in the world. She's right. <laughs> she's asexual and she's right. right. I mean, here's the thing. All the other people <laughs> in that, that heckin' space station are also the most beautiful people in the world. So... Yeah. Only beautiful people survive the apocalypse, so... Hey. Guess I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'll both be making it through, huh? I knew you were looking forward to it. I was like, I gotta get there first. I gotta get there first. (laughs) So uh, I think that everybody kissed at some point and I want to hear that story. You, they, they absolutely played like spin the algae moonshine bottle. (laughs) Give me that. (laughs) I love domestic, domesticity. Give me that. Thank you. But I love that this episode was kind of just like showing us, well, here's all the stuff that they got up to. Like, it was just nice and slow and kind of fun. Because then it prepares you. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, that's what the hardest part about it was, is that it's like, we see Clark's and we get like, oh, it's right after she came out and and here's her journey. Whereas we get here and we're just like, here's six years. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. That's fair. So that's, that's yeah. another reason why it's just like, I have to take in every single detail because I have no idea what happened. Yeah, we don't get to see any of the backstory of what happened with Space Crew, but maybe that's 503. We heckin' better, I'm gonna be pissed. Because um, 503 is called Sleeping Giants, and I think that's mostly focused on 
their expedition to the Allegius. Is it Allegius or Allegius? I don't think it matters. I think it's Allegius. Okay. Um, the like mothership. You know I love flashbacks. Yeah, I I really hope they do space crew flashbacks. I love flashbacks because I know we're getting bunker flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you can tell from the trailer. Monty's got his make algae not war apron on, which he clearly made himself. Okay, he made himself or Harper made for him. Because she's such an amazing girlfriend. Okay, I don't buy that they're still together. Oh, yeah, neither do I. I want everybody to be scrambled. Wait, okay, hang on. So you were stressed out that all the dynamics were different, were going to be different. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, but I actually want them all to be different. Yeah, but I want I want the backstory. I don't know. It's almost like you don't know what you I want. I don't know what I want. But like, Marper must have broken up for a quick sec and then got back together or something. Like, Okay, why? Because... People don't, like, you can't, it's just not realistic to stay together for six, like, six and a half heckin' years. Why? Your parents have been together for longer than that. Yeah, but they're married. Yeah, what do you think they were before they were married? People who played baseball? Uh Uh-huh. As a couple? Yeah, but they weren't, like, surrounded by literally only five other people. And they weren't teenagers. That's the thing that gives me pause is I'm like, yeah, okay, like they're a couple, couple stay together. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious Kane and Abby are still together, mm-hmm. but Kane and Abby are significantly older. Yeah, and they know what they want, and it's not, it's like not their first relationship, you know. Well, it's Kane's first relationship. Oh, Kane. <laughs> He's so sad. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do with this situation. I've never dated a girl before. It, well, they were just friends with benefits. Oh, okay. I mean, would you date Art Kane? I mean, I'm not Callie. I don't, I'm not, I'm not judging her. But also who? No. Where'd she go? I don't want to know. Either way. Callie, hashtag Callie was real. Callie was real. But also it's my sister's name and it's weird. Because like literally no one else has that name. So spacewalk and Maury gets shotgun. Monty wanted it. He was, he's upset. So everyone likes going up to space. Literally no one except Amori and Monty. Like, it's literally just an Amori and Monty thing. <laughs> well, and Raven. Well, yeah, but Raven's like a given. She always goes. I think that's so cute. I like that Raven's taught everyone to space. But spacewalk. she's like, well, actually, I would rather have Monty because you never listen to me. And she's like, okay, I will listen. I promise to ha- no, have fun. Promise I will be good. <laughs> be like, I, no, no fun will be had. Zero funds. And you're like, Amori... You're full of it. And so... I love that little nerdy grounder, though. (laughs) She just loves the world. She she just loves learning new things and having adventures, and, like, that must feed, like, her need to move. Mm -hmm. I like it. Bellamy really wants to go home, and he mentions that it's been six years and seven days, and that's a time violation! So I guess it's, like, against the rules to talk about how how long it's been. Okay, you know who's heard of a democracy? Harper. These kids. (laughs) No, these kids, they all have. Bellamy set up a democracy where they make decisions together. Right. This is so cute. Except for outlier John Murphy. <laughs> well, he was an outlier and should not be counted. Yeah, exactly. 
Spiders Murphy. But also, like, how many calendars you got up there, friends? How, how Bellamy's, like, literally just keeps tallies in his room. They have computers. <gasps> True. Dumb. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I just you? assumed that they stopped working. I don't know. There's no internet. Amori, Amori was on the computer. I know, but there is no internet to tell you what tell you things. Like, what if your There's clock computers. goes off? You know? You, you can't know. You can't check your phone to see if it's wrong or not. Yeah, you watch if it's night or day on the on planet Earth. If you're in space, can't you always see that it's night and day? Yeah, you can watch the way the shadows of the sun move. <laughs> I love how they're like, I know whether it's day or not, whether or not I can see the green spot. Okay, probably. Yeah. So the punishments are dishes, latrine, or Murphy. Clearly, dishes is the best option. Um, disagree. You think latrine's the best I would option? I would rather clean a latrine than do dishes. And I know because I live by myself and I hate doing dishes. Um, what? Explain this. I hate doing dishes. You would rather I deal would rather with- clean a bathroom. What? Yep. I would rather clean a bathroom than do dishes. I hate doing dishes. But if they meant an actual bathroom, wouldn't they say bathroom? Like, latrine is like... Latrine is slang for bathroom. I thought... It's military for bathroom. I thought latrine was the same thing as a peckin' bedpan. No! What? It's a bathroom! You clean a bathroom! Oh, well then, yeah, that's the best option. I'm sitting here being like, what? How is that? Why are you doing that? No, latrine, bathroom, and head, they're all... Like, different way of saying washroom, because Americans are weird. Huh. I'm on the latrine Wikipedia page. Hello, we are Canadians? I literally thought that was, like, the same thing as a bedpan, and I was like, ew! uh." No. And you were like... I'd so much rather clean a bathroom. You get to use a mop, you don't have to touch anything. And you were like, (laughs) oh, I would rather clean the latrine. And I was like, what? Yeah, I'd rather clean Murphy's bedpan. (laughs) That's what I thought. That's what I thought you were talking about. Okay, anyway, or you can go see Murphy. Um, So Bellamy's like, okay, Raven, sorry. I know you're doing your best. I'll go see Murphy. And Amori's like, I'd rather clean the bathroom. And Brittany Brittany relates. I do relate. I understand Amori. Um, And Raven's pissed. Raven? I feel like Raven's just like, get back together. Get out of my room. (laughs) Okay, Raven's pissed because like, one, she's out of space, and two, she probably really shipped memory. But also, she's like, "Oh man, I have a roommate now. I'm like, you have an entire space station. Can't Amori have her own room? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I guess they didn't have a lot of bedrooms. But Murphy gets an entire side of the ship to himself, okay? Okay, but that sounds like Murphy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's just not plausible, I guess. Either way. Did you just tongue pop? Yeah, it's a thing I do now. Okay. So Bellamy goes over to Murphy's side of the ship and he gets attacked because Bellamy wants everyone to train. So Murphy's like, I'm doing what you wanted to. And Bellamy's like, okay, let's play. But um, if you if I win, then you have to come back and be our friend. And he's like, pass. <laughs> I hate friendship. Literally kids on a playground. <laughs> he's like, you're it. Um, and he's <laughs> like, there's no one to disappoint over here. And he's like, oh, you just want to be a hero. Um, and you don't want to feel worthless again or whatever. I don't think that's it. Tell me. 
I don't, I don't think it's that. Oh, you just think Bellamy's wrong? I, no, I, I think it's that Bellam, er, Bellamy, I think it's that Murphy thrives on chaos. Oh, for sure. And there's no. And it's boring up there. It, yeah, he's bored. He, he's like, he's like a kid who has like attention problems and is restless in class. Yeah. Give you him know, a fidget like, spinner he, and walk away. Exactly. Like he's a, he's someone who is not going to be content having six years of domestic bliss on a space station. John Murphy craves absolute chaos and he doesn't have it. So he has to create it himself. Um, so then Murphy sees a ship and I'm like, oh, my God, I also see a ship. It's you, too. <laughs> it's called Murphy. I've literally been shipping Murphy since 101. Like, no heckin joke. Oh, no, I know. It's real. So, but I also love that um, Bellamy's way of like getting through to his friends is to violently and loudly declaim how valid they are. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, you're <laughs> a you're good person. <laughs> say you're a good person. I support say you. Do it, and I'll give you a kiss on the head." <laughs> Bellamy Blake is so valid. I love Murphy's like, "Hey, Bellamy, um, I broke up with Amori. How, do you want to like what? Like, what's up?" And Bellamy's like, cool. So Echo, huh? <laughs> I'm just like super into Murphy right now. I've always been into Murphy. But I'm like especially into it. I just, I, I ship every iteration of these beautiful people. Yeah. Like Echo and Raven, are you kidding me? Yeah. I would watch that every day and twice on Sunday. Amori <laughs> and Echo, E&E. So... Um, they turned off all the lights, I guess, and Murphy was like, can we not turn them on to tell them we're here? And they're like, no, we don't even know them. Um, the radios aren't working. Maybe the ship is unmanned. Maybe the ship is filled with aliens. Is the first thing Murphy thought of anal probing. I bet he thinks about, um, he thinks about good jokes in his head while, um, while he's alone. Probably. Probably. Yeah. And and he thought, oh, you know what I'm going to go for? Anal probing. Yeah. He's like, that's a thing I know about aliens. So then... I have so many questions about the media that Murphy has obviously consumed <laughs> while up in space. <laughs> like, Murphy's fully watched the X-Files. And Maury's like, you're trash. <laughs> and, and Murphy's like, are they talking about an AI? And Murphy's like, I would rather it be aliens. Because I've had issues with AIs before. He's like, I would just rather die. Just take me out now. So Raven's like, hello, dropship, help. Heckin' help us, we're stranded. And they're like, pass. And she, they're like, well, there's our last chance, womp. Why do you think they ignored her? Do you think they heard her? I mean, I thought they just didn't hear her. You think? That's what I thought, but I don't really have any, like, actual reason to think that. Okay. I'm, I'm just wondering, because it's like, you know... It was a fairly standard broadcast. Is there no one on the mothership? Right. I don't know what they're calling the mothership, but to me it's the mothership. So, thanks. And, like, looking at how big the the dropship that they have is, that's a massive ship! Yeah. That they're coming from? Holy butts. They're coming from, like, a space station. Yeah. Which, I mean, considering it's called Allegis 4... Allegis 1 to 3 are probably on there, too. True. Which means this is just the first wave. Right. Ooh, Yankees. Yeah. 
Um, Monty is apprehensive about going down, talking about like the fuel and how they can't come back if, if, and there's just a bunch of what ifs and Monty talks about how he hates who he was on earth. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I don't really have any thoughts on that, to be honest. Like, okay. Like all of the points he's making are valid. Yeah. I agree. I'd also be frightened about that, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of got to keep moving forward. You know, like you just kind of you have to keep working towards not being the person that you don't want to be. Like mm-hmm. if you go down to Earth, make a conscious effort to not be that person. If you've done so much thinking over these six years about who you don't want to be, mm-hmm. don't be that person. Remember when I said I don't have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I made some up. No, but I know that you have, like, thoughts on Monty because you love Monty. Yeah. I just think that if he doesn't, if he knows what he doesn't want, he can work Mm -hmm. towards getting what he does want. But in fairness to Monty, he knew what he wanted the first time he got on the ground, too, which was to be free. Yeah. And the ground is the thing that changed him as a person. Right. So I think to Monty, there's a little bit of, like, there's an element of trauma there. Mm Mm-hmm. Or more than a little bit. And maybe he just doesn't, like, he's done with the ground. He's kind of, what's the point in going back down if he's just going to be re-traumatized over and over again? Yeah. I mean. And space was always safe. I can relate. Like, I get, I I can relate to wanting to move forward and and not stay in one place for such a heckin' long time, especially when Mm -hmm. you're so alone. But Mm -hmm. I can also definitely relate to being like, that's a huge risk, like not even just like a regular risk. It's massive. And I would and, rather yeah. die on this space station of heckin' old age than die from lack of oxygen in the middle of heckin' space. And he and Echo are probably the only people who think that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get. My my thing would be like, I would do anything to get back down to the ground. Mm. I I really... I'm a person who very much likes to be comfortable in my environment. Yeah. But the whole world is out there, you Mm -hmm. know? And they don't know, like, there's just so many of their friends are down there. I don't know if I could stay still. (sighs) Yeah. I'm just thinking about this. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about it. If it was me, I'd be like, I don't even know if they're alive. Yeah. Do I take this risk? I don't know. And honestly, like, everyone he loves is already up there. Like, he's with all the people he loves. Everyone on the ground, like, he's lost everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. Um, So, Imori needs to go to her stuff, but luckily Murphy has brought it for her. (laughs) Because he still thinks about her and her needs. Yeah. So, they're going to do a flight check, and Raven says that she's only had Imori as a roommate for six months. So, I was kind of talking to our friend Jess, who's at Galfridian on Twitter about this, saying that, like, I would hate to live with my ex for six years and only five other people. And we were kind of saying before this part had happened, because we was just, you know, tweeting in, in the middle of a commercial about how, like, they might not have... Like, we don't know how long their relationship lasted and how long they've been exes. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I think it's worse to have been together for a really, really long time and then break up and only have, you know, those people rather than being like, break up immediately as soon as you get there and then be able to fix your relationship. 
um, yeah. over those six years. And then just be like, I remember that time when we were a thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have time to like readjust and like figure out how to live life again apart. Yeah. E- while even being together. But like just thinking about like what happens when people break up. Like I feel like Raven's like, I hate having Amori as a roommate because Amori's just like, what do you think John's doing right now? Do you think he's thinking about me and thinking about how much he's missing? I think with Amori, she's probably doing everything to aggressively not think about Murphy. Right, so she's right, like right. hyper fixated on everything Raven's doing. Like she wants yeah. to learn everything Raven's doing. She wants to do the technology. She wants to go on spacewalk. She wants to do everything she can to not think about Murphy. Mm-hmm. This is funny. I like this. Why? I just like Amori being like, what? Who? I don't even know that guy, huh? I don't know him. I don't know him. But he doesn't even live here. Why? If if they've been broken up for six months, why is all Amori's stuff still on Murphy's side of the ship? You know what my favorite part is? What? Amori got the friends in the divorce. <laughs> yeah. Like, Amori clearly is, like, part of the family, and Murphy's like, um, yeah, I'm the outcast uncle. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a gift card for Christmas, because I don't know you. <laughs> and it's, like, great, actually. Gift cards are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so, now, Bellamy goes in to talk to Echo, and they're talking about how nothing will change on the ground, and how she's, like, part of the family now, and that she won't be banished anymore, because even though she tried to kill Octavia, she'll understand. And I'm literally like, um, no, she won't? No, she won't. She literally no. won't? Like, no. clearly you don't remember her at all? <laughs> the only thing Octavia's had to do in that bunker is stew over everything that happened at the Conclave. The thing is that, like, if he's, like... Octavia, like the Octavia I remember, will forgive you. First of all, not really. And second of all, after six years of being a dictator and like forcing people to kill each other, (laughs) you're sadly mistaken, friend. Like if Echo and Octavia end up in that like blood ring, but is is it called Blood Reina? I will not be surprised. No. But I want to know your thoughts on hashtag Becco. Um, you're pro Becco. Well, I'm not anti-Becco. Exactly. That's how I feel as well. I'm Um, very neutral. I guess when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, oh no. And that's just because I know that people are going to have a really bad reaction to it. Yep. Um, Yeah. And I just like know Tazia personally. And I know that she doesn't deserve all the backlash that she's probably going to get. And I just Tazia is an incredible person. Yeah. And she gives great hugs. Her hugs yes, are she does. great. So uh, I guess my only thought, like I, I was, I wasn't cheering, you know, because I mean, I don't, I don't really ship a lot in this show for like yeah. somehow. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not anti any ship really. But yeah, I guess my only problem was just thinking about what Tazia's going to have to go through, and I know that she's very strong, and I'm sure that you know she knew it was coming. And that she'll be able to handle it. But I just hope that she is able to remember that we all love and support her and not to think about all those negative things, even though I know it's very hard uh, to mm-hmm. to um, forget about those. And it's hard to separate critical analysis from fandom analysis yeah. just because in popular culture, those two things are very intrinsically tied now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like, you know, like there was an article on TV Guide talking about the decision to make um, Bellamy and Echo a thing. And even TV Guide was talking about the popularity of Bellark yeah. and how people weren't going to like it. And it, for me, it's a really weird thing to not have a dissociation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way I grew up in fan spaces was that there was a fourth wall that was never broken. So we we didn't talk about things like ships mm-hmm. and you know, shippers and the ship wars. Those were not things that were talked about in the media. And now they're very common things that are talked about in the media. So it's really hard for me to try and separate those two things out in a way where it's like, yeah, you know, in terms of story, I can see why they made this decision because all I'm thinking about at the same time is the way like the ship wars work. And I really want to think critically about, you know, whether this relationship works. And I'm having a bit of a hard time because like, I know that the writers know that this backlash will happen. And so I'm wondering if they really thought that the Becco storyline would be worth what Tazi is going to get. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think like they must have known but at the same time, and this this therein lies the problem in having fandom spaces yeah. and critical spaces so closely tied is you can't let fan reaction like that dictate how you tell your story. Right. Because there's critical analysis, which is, you know, how Jasper died, how Lexa died, how Lincoln died. Like there's critical things that story-wise were mistakes. Mm-hmm that were made that have lessons to be learned from. But with this, first of all, I think it's pretty clear that Becco's been in the works from season two. Right. Like they met and they had instant chemistry. And I don't think that that's something that should be ignored, but is it fair to try and compromise something that you've kind of always wanted to do because people are going to have non-constructive thoughts on it? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about today is I was thinking about, like, we've gotten pictures of, like, Bob in season five already, you know, forever. Been like, oh, the man has a beard. Wow, cool. I just wonder about the people who watch, like, casually. Like, they see Bellamy for the first time, they're like, oh! (laughs) Like, I wonder about those people. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that couple happened. That's interesting. Oh, huh. Well, Time to go eat cereal. <laughs> I don't know. Those people kind of have it figured out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish. I have hyperfixation issues. Yeah. Like, those people have it figured out. They they watch, and then they're like, oh, that's interesting. And I personally love being involved in, you know, analysis and talking about popular culture and how it works in the real world. My thing is, I don't believe that Becco intrinsically is doing anything wrong story-wise yeah i think it's opening up more avenues for bellamy to go down than closing them and certainly more avenues for echo and now i think that all of our season four podcasts were really funny (laughs) because we were like please accept my friendship bracelet and we were like echo has a crush on bellamy at the beginning of season four do you remember this (laughs) (laughs) we're like bellamy's never gonna be your friend (laughs) (laughs) turns out they've been sleeping together for like three years yeah okay so that's the next thing or the like one of the last things is that 
she says that it took him three years to forgive her. So that doesn't mean that they've been together for three years. No. That just means that that's how long they've kind of been buds. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Because three years, that's a really long time. That's a really long time. That's fully enough time. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it was too soon. I mean, it doesn't feel like it because we, you know, it's only been like, uh, see, you know, it's been like the hiatus and that's it. And we haven't seen any of it. But like, yeah. thinking realistically, that's a long time. That's a really long time. Yeah. So it took him three years to even be able to speak a civil word to her. Yeah. That's more than enough grudge time. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, there's only six of them up there. So for the first three years, two of them hated each other. Yeah, I mean, they're back to that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're back to that. Yeah. But it, it, this one has more comedy potential. My mom was bringing up that it really seems like, you know, Marper is getting ready together. Amori and Raven are getting ready together. Murphy is, like, getting ready by himself and getting ready for a second person. Bellamy and Echo are kind of getting to get, are getting ready um, by themselves, really. I mean, you know, it was narrative choice to be so it would be a reveal. But also that you can see who's apprehensive. Like, Echo's apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Monty's apprehensive. Bellamy's like, let's heckin' go. Um, and Murphy's yeah. like, I literally packed for another person because <laughs> I need to leave right now. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get off this friggin' space station. And, like, I feel like Murphy's the kind of guy who's like, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Like, he's gonna get down to the ground and be like, peace out. He's like, actually, I think I'm gonna go on a trek by myself. That's my favorite thing to do. I'm gonna grow a beard like I do, and uh, that's what we're gonna do. There it is. That's absolutely what Murphy would do. Yeah. I, I feel like we just figured out his whole season-long <laughs> plot. Good for us. So that was a lot. Do you want to talk about Clark? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. I want to talk about Clark for the next six years. Cool. I love how it's been such a long time, but we're like, let's get to the main part of the storyline. <laughs> um. Okay, so it's 42 days after Prime Fire. Okay. 42 Say days. the thing. Yeah, 42 say the days. Thing. As soon as I saw that, I was just like, <gasps> it's the thing. It's the thing they did it on purpose Brittany. you know they did robin would you like to explain for new listeners your obsession with the number 42 Mm, no but i like you too robin (laughs) robin loves this little show called lost little show yeah there's a little show called lost you might have heard of it um henry and cusick there's some familiar faces yeah i was gonna say like you know if you know the whole kane and desmond are happen to be played by the same person i don't know um, and numbers, a certain set of numbers play a very important role in Lost. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are, let me check my calf. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, yeah, I was going to say, Robin, would you like to read the numbers off of your calf? Because they are tattooed on your body. Sure. All right. We've got a four. Uh-huh. Which is also relevant. Uh-huh. Eight. Yeah. Uh, 15. Mm-hmm. I want you to know I'm legitimately, like, I've got my leg up on my desk and I'm reading them to you. Yeah, no, I believe that. 16. Uh-huh. 23. Uh-huh. And 42. Oh my goodness. So 42 is a number. Well, the 100 sure takes a lot from Lost, TBH, and so I truly believe Including they the did that on purpose. Thank you so much. Yeah. So she's just been, like, chilling. In in Becca's lab until for 42 days, or what you thinking? 
Um, yeah, probably chilling, trying to heal because yeah. she had such severe radiation burns. Eh. Yeah. So then she has a backpack and she has this map, which has the word Bowie on it. Bowie is, I mean, obviously David Bowie, but um, Bowie is the name of Eliza Taylor's dog. We were trying to figure out, like, what in-universe that actually meant. Don't know. Yeah, not sure. But, okay. And 210, I believe is what she said, miles to Polis. I, yeah. I When I was watching it, I didn't have screen, uh, or, like, uh, captions. So, um, I'm just guessing. But, so then the sea is all dried up, so cute. And when she's like, oh, here's the sea, I was like, how many scary fish will you come across? I mean, they all got, like, destroyed by radiation. I know, but, like, there's got to be some in there. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of crap in the sea. Yeah, I was going to say, like, my favorite detail of all of this is how many sunken ships were in there. Yeah. That was really cool. I love, like, the whole... I feel like a lot of people have, like, different phases in their lives. I had a Titanic phase. So I absolutely love the idea of, like, sunken ships. So all of these, like, wrecked ships just sitting there in the sand. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm going to go back and and take a look at that. There's, like, a bazillion of them. Oh, Oh, true, true. Yeah, there's far more sunken ships than I thought there would be. Yeah, what is the story of those? I'd like to know. That's so many. I literally never noticed that. Yeah, so my note was scary fish skeletons, question mark. Um, Okay, so here's the big question, just geographically. Luna's Rocks? um, Uh Not the same place where they parked the rover. Yeah. Right? Like, the sea to get to Luna's rig is a completely different location to where they have to go to get to Becca's Island, right? Um, I think Luna's rig is more north. Yeah, so why would they park the rover at Luna's rocks? I don't think those are Luna's rocks. I think those are rocks that um Well, call out post Selena Wilkin. They're not Luna's rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell her you said that. Yeah, it'll be in the peck and pod. They 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 can't be Luna's rocks. No, exactly. Geographically, that makes okay. no sense. But also, yeah, no. like, heckin' yeah, Anookshooks are out here surviving the apocalypse? That make, That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Do people in America know what Anookshooks are? I don't think so. Okay. So basically, Anookshooks are what... They're like pieces of art done by Inuit people. And Inuit people are people that are indigenous to northern Canada, Alaska, and Greenland. And they are points of reference. It's like um, a marker. Yeah, it's like literally on the flag of none of it, which is one of the territories of Canada. So like, it's a huge deal. Um, So basically, the thing that I really like about this show is they actually respect and use um, like Canadian culture and like Inuit culture. And they use like the art of them because they do shoot in Canada. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their cast is Canadian. Yeah. Um, and their crew, obviously. So I like that they embrace, you know, the way our our art forms work. And, you know, it doesn't really make sense that something like that would be yeah. found in the eastern United States. And also, well, if, you, if your theory is correct, then it's like something that Clark and Bellamy and co. built 
for that. And like, how did that survive the nuclear apocalypse? I don't know if if, they, if it dried up the sea, but these Anukshuks are, are still standing. I don't know, fam. They were really well built Anukshuks. They didn't look that well built. <laughs> So now she's going to start driving to Polis. And new title sequence. What can we gather from this? We can gather to put a number of things to rest that the credit order is dictated by contract and not by place on the show. Thank you. I have seen enough people drag Paige Turco through the mud because they think that Bob Morley should be billed second. The credit order has nothing to do with your place on the show. It has to do with your contract negotiations and the fact that Paige Turco has been acting for longer than Bob Morley has been alive. (laughs) So Clark gets to Polis. She's trying to dig everyone out. And she's like, Mom, hello? Knock, knock. And I'm like, there? Wow, already crying. (laughs) It's just interesting that she locked everyone out. And now she's locked out. Yep. She's like out here trying to ration her heckin' granola bars or whatever. And she finds Lexa's throne. There's a rock slide. Then the temple like is all fall down and stuff. And she really believed that she was going to live there with them until then. My, the thing that I really loved about this scene is that the key to holding the last of the Polis Tower up was Lexa's throne. Yeah. There's something... Very poetic and beautiful no, that's really about cool. that. Yeah, it was the last thing holding Polis together. And then once it was all gone, Clark took the last of it with her and she yeah. left. I think that's beautiful. I'm so... I love that this show still has not forgotten Lexa. I'm so interested in how they're going to get them out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> um, she's talking about how she, she can't leave her mom down there. So she goes to Arcadia. She's like, it's been almost two months, but now I finally feel alone. Okay, I laughed at this moment when she, like, twice in this episode, she does the generic, "Uh uh-oh, I'm out of water thing, where she, like, drinks, and then she, like, tries to, like, shake it into her mouth, and then she, like, shakes it, and she's like, "Uh uh-oh, do you see this in your head? Where she, like, shakes it (laughs) away from herself, and she's like, what? I'm like, you knew, (laughs) you knew you were running out, boy. Like, what's your, (laughs) what's this, what's this deal? You know what my question is? Did Becca's bunker not have any type of water filtration system that Clark could take with her? True. Because clearly she, like, had water for, like, those 42 days she was under there. Yeah, like, she had a little backpack full of stuff, but her her bringing multiple good outfits was more important than, like, packing bottles <laughs> of water. I feel like if I was Clark, I'd be like, well, this is where I live now, forever. Because I have food and water here. Uh, so. yeah. Yeah, that, you know what? It does beg the question, why did Clark even leave? Especially if it was going to be like, oh, by the way, the radiation is terrible for five years. She's like, okay, I'll wait a a month and a half. And it should be fine. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. I mean, I guess, like, she wanted to get to the bunker, of course, and she wanted to get to Abby, and I guess that's her main motivator. And it's like, you know what? Relatable. I, too, would want to get wherever Abby was. Um, But, Clark, you should have packed better, Mm -hmm. buddy. Now we have the thing about the ghost. I love this. Yeah. This is probably my second favorite scene in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh, I cried. You oh, did? Of course. The, I didn't cry any other time, but that was I cried for that part for sure. I cried happy tears when I saw Clark being her badass self. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, holy crap, this is the kind of hero that people need mm-hmm. to see. But in this, I just cried because 
it really brings you back to what the show used to be yeah. and how it's so obviously not that anymore. I guess, like, we've just kind of been talking about how, like, now it's been, like, six years since Jasper died. But, like, it was still fresh for her at that point. Yeah. And she never got to say goodbye and they kind of had to... Yeah, I mean, that was one of the problems that we had is it was just like, oh, by the way, yeah. Jasper died. And everyone's like, oh, anyway. Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, oh, that sucks. So it's nice that, that that's happening. Um. So she finds Maya's iPod and Jasper's goggles and his letter to Monty. And, like, in the moment I was like, oh, open it, read it, just because I had to know. But, like, I know that Clark, like, could not have done that. But I really do believe that this is now Clark being like, one day I will deliver this letter. Oh, for sure. And, like, as soon as she sees Monty, she's going to be like, Monty, I have saved something for you. Like, it might make you cry, <laughs> but I have she's it. She's like, I have been waiting six and a half years to give this to you, but I have this for you. Oh, she's been waiting six and a half years. Bye. She's like, but I have it. Like, I wonder if that was one of the things that Maddie stole, like, when she was little. Like, that was in her pack. And she was just like, I need that. I need to give that to Monty. Yeah, probably. Um, so then she talks about how Jasper might have had the right idea, which is rough. And she now has the radio. She talks about how she doesn't have, hasn't had water for two days. And not to feel bad about leaving her. Which, like, totally... That's, like, yeah. we knew that she felt that way already. Yeah. Yeah. She told yeah. him to go. Um, so they're listening to music and they're driving. And it was kind of a huge gift in disguise. What's the phrase? Gift in disguise? Present? What? What is it? Blessing in disguise. Blessing. <laughs> it was kind of a huge blessing in disguise that, like, BC started having those terrible wildfires. Oh, yeah. Because I guess so. it made the perfect set for this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, wildfires, it was, was terrible, it was huge, it was awful, but man, does it look great. Yeah, like, the combination of BC and CGI yeah. is untouchable. Mm -hmm. So then it starts to rain, and she says thank you to the beyond, and she does this twice. Yo, I would not just drink rainwater that fell from a radiated True, sky. I was like, what, you don't think that's acid a little bit? Like, did the black rain just disappear? <laughs> They're like, that was a season four problem. It's been 42 like, right, days. Okay. I'm sure it's fine now. Um, I, guess. I guess. So she keeps saying thank you to the sky. And I had a terrible headcanon that people yelled at me for. You sure did. Um, so I had a headcanon that when she says thank you to the sky, she's like thinking about um, all of her friends who have passed away and that they're looking down upon her and, and helping her out. Like even if she, she like secretly thinks that like Bellamy and co are all dead and she's thinking like, thank you, Bellamy for for sending me this rain when you knew that I needed it. Yeah, like Bellamy and Lexa and Jasper yeah. and Jake and yeah. everyone. Yeah. So Lincoln. That's a headcanon I have. Thanks. I like that. Um, Clark's a bug eater. Oh my God, this is my favorite part. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite part, but oh my God, for some reason, this scene made me so happy because she's just, sometimes you're not 100% sure who Clark is because... She's always mm -hmm. who she needs to be. But at Clark's core, she is a scrappy little shit <laughs> who will eat bugs off of the grill of her car in order to stay like, alive. What a funny legend. Part is that I wasn't even like, ew, bugs. I was like, ew, it's so dusty on there. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, what kind of was big like, ass clean that. Also, my mom was bringing up the fact that in season four, Bellamy was talking about how all of the like bugs and I think the birds or something like that birds 
birds and bugs are like we're dying off yeah oh fish. fish right fish we're like all dying and then like what happens next or whatever and i'm like where did these bugs come from that they came and like were extinct but are now eden. are not eden but also like how did they survive the radiation but also clark's a nightblood so nightblood bugs no i'm saying clark's <laughs> a nightblood so she can handle eating irradiated crap okay gotcha yeah, no, not irradiated bugs. <laughs> but I mean, like, if most of the bugs were dying off before Prime Fire, and like all the people in, in Shallow Valley died because of the radiation, how are these bugs living? I don't know. I feel like that's a logic flaw that we're never going to get the answer to. Bugs, bug, bug but, logic. But I will say that if I was going to believe anything about an apocalypse, it's that bugs would still survive it. <laughs> yeah, if anything, it's going to be the worst thing. Yeah, so it's going to be bugs. So now we've got a storm again, and Clark is going to go out there to save her solar panels, which turns out to be a terrible idea. Um, She's wearing Jasper's goggles, though. I love that. So that's cute. She's like, thanks, Jasper. You are helping me. Jasper helped save her life. Yeah. So, yeah, all the solar panels are heckin' broken, and so she has to walk again. Um, She's in the dead zone, and she has no water, and so she drops everything and falls over. Yeah, that actually does sound Drop like Drop everything and fall over. That's my whole thing. Ugh, this set is so gross. I love it. Okay, Robin has this thing where she doesn't like sand. I don't get it. I'll never get it. Her favorite show is Lost. It has sand in it. I literally can't. I tweeted you this. I said, I do not I watch Lost for the sand. I watch it in spite of the sand, which shows no you how good. No one anything for the sand, Barbara. <laughs> I don't watch something and go, ooh, there's sand in this. No, but I mean, people are like, ooh, beaches. I love beaches. I'll watch it because it has a beach on it. People do that. Yeah, I love beaches. It's on an island. I I I love islands. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, but I watch it in spite of it being on a beach, which shows you how good it is. What do you have against sand? Dude, literally sand is the grossest thing ever. I don't understand what you don't have against sand. No. Sand is like the best skin exfoliant you'll ever get. It makes you so soft. (laughs) I gotta go. Fam. Sand is so gross. Like I literally will will not step foot on a playground. Like why? Because there's sand. What's wrong with sand? What inherently is gross about a bunch of ground up rocks? Sand is going to get okay. The grossest thing about sand is when you get your feet wet and then you get get sand on it and then your feet. Ugh! I don't. Ugh, I don't even like. Yeah, thinking but then about you it. just wash it off and then it's gone. No, it's not gone. You have to lotion your feet before that crap is gone. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Oh my god! Because your feet will never be the same. Yeah, they'll be softer and more beautiful. Ew! Sand is a natural exfoliant. Okay, what do one you th- thing that I will say is that the sand in Hawaii is beautiful and yeah. is much better than regular sand, but is still sand. And so I disappeared. Wait a minute. Hang on. I think I found the root of our problem. Uh-huh. What You're talking about Hawaii have- sand, and I'm talking about heckin' playground Sylvan Lake sand. Yeah, that would be it, is you're talking about gross, weird lake sand. Yeah, which that's is exactly like, what I'm talking about. Like, gray and brown and uh, disgusting. Yes. Whereas Hawaii sand is soft and wonderful, and, like, you can sink your whole, like, toes into it, and it feels nice. Yes, I agree, but it's still not fun to come out of the sand. No, but in Hawaii, they have little spigots where you can wash your feet off and it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I still have to lotion them afterwards, but yeah. Okay, okay, now I get your aversion to sand because all of your experience is gross Canadian sand. Exactly. Hawaiian sand, that's the tea. Yeah. Nice, bright, 
cool sand. So we're good? We're good. Okay. Um, that was some sand discourse. Anyway, Eliza's just surrounded by Canadian sand. And so I am horrified. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. I don't even like thinking about it. Okay. So then she wakes up and there's a crow trying to eat her. Ah! And so she decides to follow it because, duh. Yeah. And when she gets up there, she realizes it's just the world of sand. And she's like, well, there's my heckin' life. And so she starts yelling about how she lost everything. Okay, so. Snaps. Eliza is the most incredible actor. Yeah, she does a good job. She should get an Emmy for this scene alone. I'm not even being, like, dramatic. I truly think she should. Also, I'm seeing her on Saturday at Expo. Okay, can you tell her that I think she should have an Emmy? Yeah. Thank you. She'll be like, who? <laughs> Rude. No, it's true. <laughs> I know. Um, well, tell her my girlfriend's the one who cried all over her at Unity <laughs> Okay. She'll be like, oh, Actually, that she's one. like, she's like, yeah, I wish you, that would happen a lot of times. Yeah, she's like, who? This scene is just so good. And I love that she's just yelling at the earth. Like, she's yelling at Mother Nature and saying, you broke me. It's just, it's so good. She lost her friends. She lost her father. She lost her mother because she can't get to Abby and she thinks she'll never see her again. And oh my God, she just breaks my heart. And so she brings up the gun and then the crow comes and then she gets to the other side and finds out that like, there's the green spot. I want to make a parallel. Okay. I would like to make a parallel to Murphy at the beginning of season three, please. Uh... Like when he gets out of the bunker? Yeah, because he's in the bunker and he's been all alone for a really, really long time and he's thinking about killing himself, but then he doesn't and then something miraculous happens. Yeah. So it really feels like maybe, like if this was lost, I'd say, ooh, the island is testing him. And like as soon as he passed the test, then the island like let him go or whatever. But that's not what this show is. but, But it really does feel like it's like, okay, you've passed. Here you go. You win. You know, it's it also reminded me very strongly of the end of season one when um, Abby and Kane land and emerge from the ship for the first time and see Earth for the first time. Uh huh. And like Kane right before that had been about to kill himself by sacrificing himself so everyone else could get off of right. like the Ark. I'd like to make another parallel, please. Oh, go ahead. So Clark kills the crow, um, even though it's the thing that helped her. And I would like to make a parallel to the guy who tried to help Maddie and then Clark kills anyway. Yep. Cool. Thank you for coming to my parallel. No mercy. Um, And then she talks about how, well, she says thank you again to the world and talking about how she thought that life was only about surviving, but maybe, or she didn't think life was only about surviving, but maybe it is. Uh, Talks about animals and how like, they kill each other and that's just how it is because you're either killed or be killed. And, and she talks about how she took every life for a reason, but all of her enemies also had their reasons for trying to kill her. This is my favorite Clark moment of all time. Whoa. Yeah. A revelation. She this has a is lot my of favorite Clark think, moment, bro. I just, that's always been my issue with the deifying of Clark and everyone saying, Oh, queen Clark, this queen Clark, that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. She's a fallible leader. Yeah. Like, she's a person who makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, the show is out, like, out and out saying, yeah, Clark actually Ooh. did a lot of things that morally were reprehensible. Well, yeah, true. And Clark herself is the one acknowledging that. And so that's why I have such a huge love for this Clark, because she's so self-aware and she has time to think. And she understands that, like, 
the black and whiteness of us versus the grounders or everyone versus Pike or anything, there was nuance to them. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, the show is acknowledging that maybe like maybe mistakes were made by Clark. Yeah. But she can't change it. So all she can do is accept it. Mm -hmm. I love this moment. This is my favorite Clark moment. Yay. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. She finds a little lake thing, and I'm like, where is the giant snake? Like, if anything survived Prime Fire, it's the giant snake. Fair. You know? Like, yeah. where is it? Um, but also, you know what this is? Um, the waterfalls from Lost? No. Oh, what? Clark Griffin shower watch! Oh my god, it is CGSW. <laughs> Clark has now had two showers in like two- Like, a bath, but, like, counts. Whoa. No, yeah. it counts. It counts. Yeah. Clark is a clean person now. And so she talks about how um, everything was really hard, but her fight is over now. It is. Yes. And she talks about who who is she now? Like, who is the, the commander of death when there's no one left to kill? And she's yes. discovering that, which is that <clears throat> yeah. she is a, a survivor. Mom. And a mom. <laughs> yes. So welcome to Shallow Valley. Oh, thank you. They call it the shallow valley, but it certainly is deep enough. All right, you're fired. It is um, the Shenandoah Valley, um, which is in Virginia. And it translates to beautiful daughter of the stars. Oh my God, just like Clark. Yeah. That's nice. Can you help me explain all of these like beautiful ribbons and woven string and like circles that's going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, Shallow Valley were a bunch of art hoes. Great. Okay. That's, that's it. That's no, all I'll I, take that. That's literally all I got for you is I think that, like, and it's a shame we didn't get to know them as a clan because now, I mean, they're obviously one crew. Um, yeah. Did we know anything about them? No. <clears throat> were they, like, something about um, the guy who had the bracelet? Oh, yeah. Was that them? Yeah. I think they okay. were very, like... Art hoes! They yeah. love bracelets. I truly think they were art hoes. Always just living in a Ren fair. Because you can kind of look and see, like, their clothing was not very grounderish. Like, they were clearly not, yeah. like, a wartime clan. Uh-huh. They were far more, like, a creative clan, an art clan. Because mm -hmm. someone had to build all of, all of the art that Lexa had. <laughs> True. <laughs> They're like, let me commission someone from Shallow Valley. Okay, but I would do that. <laughs> so the death wave just kind of like skipped over them. Uh, but unfortunately, the radiation did not. And so, hey, here's a dead child and a bunch of people. I can't believe they showed a dead kid. Yeah, they never do that. But this time they decided to do it. At least it wasn't like super brutal or anything. No, but I think like it, it's such a, that moment itself is such a signal that this show has grown up in a huge but amount what of ways. That, what was that kid doing? If everyone else was inside, he was just like, one sec, like, I gotta go outside? Or, like, what? Like, what happened here, I Bradley? I think he wanted to go outside and face it. Aw. Oh, I'm six, but I'm brave. Of course he was. They're all brave. And, of course, it's very reminiscent of Mount Weather. Yes. With all those people who are dead from radiation. Um, and when she first walked up, I was like, oh, Betty smells bad. And she was like, oh, smells bad. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> Probably stinks. Three. Why are they all together? Are they just like, hey, here we are. We are not in the bunker. So here's our moment. I think they had like, yeah, I think they had like a a clan sort of gathering. Mm -hmm. But I also think like that's probably where they all gathered to eat in that village. 
Yeah, because they were like it really feels like they were all very peaceful mm-hmm. and really loved being together and stuff. Yeah, That's very nice. much about a community and about found things that are beautiful. Man, I'm sad. I wish we would have seen more of them. Yeah, when because they were I alive. mean, I know there's a hundred of them left underground, but whatever but was they beautiful be about them has probably been beaten out of them by now absolutely absolutely yeah man ugh, that sucks but like they're definitely like the kind of people that would go to polis and have like you know like the vendors yeah you know like the yeah when kane and abby were in that market browsing around i gotta go to the farmer's market terry loves the farmer's market (laughs) thank you (laughs) you're welcome so then you know they start burning or clark starts burning the bodies because of course and um she talks about how it would be really nice if she knew they were alive up there because she doesn't know. Um, that hurts. So now it's been 58 days. Hope the algae is good. Probably not, lol. And then she sees the berries and she's like, they probably use this for paint. Oh, wait, a child. Yeah, she's like, I love the Clark's just chilling and snacking and just like gossiping on her radio. And then she's like, oh, hang on. Small Hold creature. Up, a person? Small, terrifying looking creature. Must follow. Who it. has Luna hair? Yeah. And so she starts to run, and so Clark runs after her, gets caught in a heckin' bear bear trap. I mean, it happens. Did Maddie set that or what? Yeah. Whoa. That kid's smart. Hi, I'm six, but I can set bear traps. Yes, but she's a nightblood, so she's been trained to be able to defend herself from anything because flame keepers would be hi- like hunting her. Yeah, I was talking about this with my mom last night, actually, and she was just like, why? Like, if Maddie's hiding under the, in, in, under the floor, mm-hmm. and they're like, flamekeepers never found you there, but those guys come in and they're just like, womp, there she is, like, immediately? What, what's going on here? And my theory was that <laughs> the flamekeepers came, like, you know, every year or whatever, and they were like, hey... I assume that anybody who's a Nightblood would want to come and be the commander. So, got any Nightbloods? Yeah. And they're like, nope, no Nightbloods here. And they're like, I see you next year. Like, I don't think they were thorough at all. (laughs) Plus, the hiding spot is probably far more obvious when there's no people around to distract you from it. Right, like like in Sister's Keeper when Bellamy was able to just, like, sit on top of it, basically. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the flamekeeper's like yo guys assume you want to be the commander nah bye all right bye okay but you um, know what you would hide from titus too yeah okay so yeah sh- she's like ah you're a flamekeeper but it turns out she's nightblood and maddie's like huh weird so then clark goes home and she stitches herself up because yikes good thing Badass. she's a medical whoa good thing she had a doctor for a mom hey you know that I would just die of <laughs> of infection, so. Yeah, the problem when the apocalypse comes, because it's a, a when and not an if, is that we're going to have to be together because no one else is going to keep you alive. Oh, no. You're not going to keep you alive. No. I'm going to have to, that's, that's going to be my job. That's infuriating. I don't want to. Oh, my God. Suck it up. You have to live. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. If there's no internet, what's the heckin' point? Other people, dumb. <laughs> It's just going to be you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, no, but like, that's like a more morally complicated question because then it becomes Jasper. Right. And it's like, okay, I could, you know, you got to respect what people want, I guess. I don't know. So Clark falls asleep or like, you know, passes Mood. out and then she uh, 
wakes up. Maddie stole her heckin' stuff and including her gun. <laughs> I love so, that kid so much. So she grabs a wrench. Because she's yeah, like, sure. I will protect her. I will protect myself from a gun with this wrench. Interesting thing about Maddie. Maddie's not afraid of guns like most grounders. True. True. Want to hear a fun fact? Yeah. Or an anecdote? Yeah. Literally, as soon as she grabbed the wrench, I turned to my mom and I was like, oh my God, it's Princess Mechanic. And she thought it was funny. I, it wasn't that funny, but. <gasps> no, I love it. Okay. It's you an think actual, it's an actual representation of Princess Mechanic. Yeah. That's beautiful. So Maddie's at the water and she's like really good at fishing, I guess. And, but she runs away again and she's like, oh God, there's two people on earth and one of them sucks. <laughs> I love that Clark has become her mother. She's like, two people on earth and one of them is a child from hell. I'm like, Clark, what do you think it was like to raise you? True. And so she's drawing a picture of her. And so she leaves the picture for her and now Mm. friendship. It's so cute. And so now it's six years later. Math question mark? Huh? Well, if it's been 58 days and then they're like six years later, I'm like, that's a little bit past what you thought it was. Okay. I think we can fudge it a little. Yeah, no, I mean, I've I've kind of come to terms with that. I'm just saying they should have been like five years and just stop. Like, I hate five you. Five years and fifty one days later. All right, Bellamy Blake. So Clark learned how to fish super good. I mean, like from far away. Can't I'm, relate. I'm proud Don't of know her. How that's a thing. I'm proud of her. And so now there's lots of berries, and uh, they're gonna have a hair dyeing party. And so she's like, "I got the thing. You have to cook it." And mom said that that reminded her of when Raven was like, you cook, I drive or whatever. And so she's like, I will cook and clean for two full weeks. Well, she says, I'll cook and clean for one week. And she's like, uh, two. And she's like, dope. And she's like, I'll drive. And I'm like, you are a child. I love, but this is one of the things that I actually was thinking about because there's this whole plot line in The Walking Dead, especially in the first um, couple seasons where they have this moral quandary of whether or not Carl should be able to like, fight and defend himself from the zombies Uh and it's very much like but he's a kid and he shouldn't have to do these things whereas clark knew from the get-go with maddie this kid's trained she's a nightblood she's gonna be doing things that kids shouldn't do anyway so why don't i just train her to do them as like as well as she possibly can right so like why not make her a functioning member of their little society like make sure she can drive make sure she can shoot Mm mm-hmm she she treats like Maddie is a kid, but Maddie is also able to defend herself. I think that's so cool. That's such a cool mom. Clark's the cool mom. I also think this kind of could be a parallel to if well, if you're going to do The Walking Dead, huh, I'm going to pick a show. Lost. Lost. So it's kind of like Michael and Walt in the first season. Yeah. Um, where Walt, I mean, Walt's 10, right? Like he's a kid and Michael's his dad, you know, and... We've talked on our Lost podcast about how, like, Locke's teaching Walt how to throw knives, which, like, you know, Michael's like, I disapprove. But Walt sees something, or Locke sees something in Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, is it knife throwing? Probably not. No, no, don't teach a kid that. But definitely, I think that Walt always had more potential than Michael saw in him. Although, you know, Michael was a good dad. Yeah, I think it was more like Michael wanted to, and it's it's very much like the parental instinct of, I want to protect my child from having to grow up. Yeah. Whereas when Clark found Maddie, she was little and she'd already been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And Maddie had grown up in a lot of ways. So Clark was like, okay, I'm going to harness this in her instead and direct it 
towards being her friend and being her caretaker, but also very much training her to be a warrior. Right. Whereas this is where I think Maddie and Octavia have so much in common. Yeah. And I think they're going to be bros. Yeah. I think that's why Maddie like hero worships Octavia is because they are so similar, Mm. but the lessons that Maddie got from Clark are much more constructive than Octavia took from everyone else. Bro, I cannot wait for Maddie to meet all her heroes. Yeah, she's going to know all of them. That's going to be so cool. I'm going to love She's going to recognize that. all of them. She'll be like, oh, yeah, you're Murphy. And Murphy's going to be like, who is what? this small idiot? <laughs> Why is this creature person? talking to me? I hope Maddie is short for something. I mean, well, grounders are named after the place after places, right? Um, I mean, Lexa was them? Alexandria. Ah! Lincoln uh, was the Lincoln Memorial? Question mark. Yeah, Lincoln was Lincoln Memorial. Um, Indra Gaya. I, uh, I know there's. I know there's more. Amori. Amor. We definitely know Amori and Otan was for the Memorial Botanical the Gadar- Yeah, the, exactly. the Gardens. So where did Maddie come from? Yeah, maybe. Madison Square Garden! Yeah, I'm pretty sure Madison Square Garden was destroyed by the time Maddie came around. Ugh! That would have been cool, though. That would have been cool. Anyway, I just hope that Maddie. Can we give a freaking shout out to, like, the post apocalyptic Disneyland that their their villages? I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with it. It's so cool. It's so cool. Like, if you look in some of the behind the scenes photos, like, there's a freaking Ferris wheel back there. Dude, like, this honestly reminds me, like, when I see them around there, I'm just, like, it reminds me of camping. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, dude, you can't leave your stuff outside. Like, someone's going to steal it. And then I remember, like, there is no one to, no steal, one to steal it. It reminds <laughs> me, like, this is going to be a downer, but, like, when I had my dog, you could yeah. not leave any food on the ground ever. And it's been, like, two years since my dog passed away. And, like, now I just, like, put food on the ground and I'm, like, see tomorrow, food. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one's going to touch you. Like, I'm sitting here being like, they don't have to lock their doors. Oh my god, they don't. No one's gonna come in and hurt them. There are no murderers. They were so safe for so long, but Clark was still smart enough to train her. Clark and Bellamy, like... True. They're born leaders. Yeah. It's it's why they complement each other so nicely in terms of, like, friendship and leadership and all of those things. It's they're born leaders. Whereas you know that they still have to lock their doors <laughs> in space because Murphy's going to come in and he's going to throw water on your face. Yeah, you have to keep a wild Murphy out. Yeah. Um. So they're or doing Bellamy. their... No, 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 no. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, boy. Okay, you know how we establish that Bellamy and Echo are like gym rats? What? I think that Raven and Amori... And everyone else have to keep their uh, doors locked because otherwise at like 5 a.m. Bellamy and Echo will come storming in and be like, get up. It's time to work out. Time to go for a run. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I don't want to live with you anymore. No, actually, I hate you. They're the gym rats. And we're not friends. You are the worst couple, but in an affectionate way. So they're at like the fire and Maddie's like has to speak in English for some reason. Uh, Probably Why? for us. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, for us, but, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, why? I don't know. I, I don't know. But she's, like, obviously Octavia would win. Like, you're a moron, Clark. And uh, Octavia all of us. will save them, and she'll get them out of the bunker because she has faith in Octavia. And she's, like, I'm sorry they didn't – they didn't – I'm sorry they left without you. And she's, like, I'm not sorry. 
I'm not sorry either because Clark got to become, I think, the Clark that she was always meant to be, which is a leader, but someone who is very laser focused on one person. Right. True. She be- she became someone who could think of herself and someone else for six years. Yeah. That's so cool. It's kind of like Murphy and Amori. How so? Like, we always talked about how Murphy was like, it's just me. And now he's just like, it's me plus this other person. Yeah. Clark gets to experience that for the first time because she's always been looking out for other people. And for everybody. It's always been like, yeah. how can I do this for everybody? Yeah. Like, I and need now to it's take just care like, of I only everyone. have to worry about myself and this other person. And like, not to be that bitch, but it's very much Abby. Mm. Is, yeah, Abby looks out for their people, but Abby's main concern in life is Clark. Mm-hmm. That's her kid. That's who she's looking after. That's who her focus is on. And I think that that's why Clark's like whole arc here is very much like motherhood Mm -hmm. is because this is what she's experiencing. Like this, that's her kid. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. So um, the ship comes down. They're running away. Maddie has to hide under the floor um, because Clark will be back. And here's a gun. Use it only as your last resort. And she has, like, the little drawing of them as her, like, comfort item. It's so cute. It's really nice. It's and very so, much um, Rogue One, by the way, too. Okay. Did, did you see Rogue One? I have not seen any Star Wars. You know this about me. Oh, right. I forgot. Um, there's this little part in at the beginning of Rogue One where Jin Erso is a little kid. Uh-huh. And the... I'm just going to do this in very simplistic terms. The bad guys come <laughs> to take her dad to recruit her dad, who's Mads Mikkelsen, who's Hannibal. I know and who so, Mads Mikkelsen is. Oh, um, they have a little hidey spot that they have her like toys in for her to hide in. Uh-huh. And it's very much Maddie hiding in that hole. I mean, I know it's Octavia, but it also really strongly reminds yeah. me of Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, here are all your toys in your thing, but like all of them make sound. <laughs> yeah, like here's a snack, honey. And it's just chips. Yep. And they're like, where is this? I feel like there might be someone in here. Do you hear somebody eating chips? It's like, oh, I can really go for some chips. <laughs> Haul the um, kid out so that we can have her chips. So uh, the thing opens. It's Charmaine. <gasps> Hi. Welcome I stand. to the party. Hello. I'm, ve- I'm very excited about these new Me people. Too. Because they've been so deeply foreshadowed. Yeah. And obviously this is like Octavia. Like her coming out. And, like, breathing in the air and such. We're back, bitches. Who came up with that? Selena? Where she was just like, what if they all came out and someone was like, we're back. But, like, really, like, sinister. That would be dope. That would have been dope. I feel like they made a mistake. They should have done that. Yeah. That would have changed my life. But also, I tweeted this yesterday, but there's this musical that I've seen called Starship by the people who did AVPM or A Very Potter Musical and such. Where there's literally a character named February who comes out onto an alien planet and she like breathes in the air. Like this is all it reminded me of because because like that's what I know. But like literally it's like one of the funniest scenes in the musical. Let me explain oh. this musical to you, okay? Not the musical, but like the scene. So she comes out and she's like, hello. It's me. She's a moron. Like that's the whole point is that she's blonde and she's a moron. And she's like, hello. Same. It's me, February. And I'm here. <laughs> here. And I am seeing if this planet is good for human colonization. So I will now um, analyze the air to see if it's breathable. First of all, main thing to note is that she's not wearing a helmet at all. 
And so she goes, nee, 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 nee. looks like it has copious amounts of oxygen, but I should be okay. I will now remove my helmet. And then she realizes that she isn't wearing her helmet. And she goes, let the record show that I am super ahead of schedule. Oh my God, me. And that's literally my favorite joke in the, in the whole musical. And that's all I could think about. She like comes out and she like takes off her helmet and she's, and I'm like, you are super ahead of schedule. (laughs) Anyway. I loved it. Welcome to dudes with guns. The musical. Here they are. Oh, I love this song. Um, Almost as good as dudes in wigs. No. no so she's like, hey, dude, good call waiting. This is the and place it's like, to be. Hello, you are the new resourceful one and your name is Zeke. Welcome. Hello, Zeke. Hi. And so she's like, let's find out what happened while we were asleep. And you're like, ooh. And all of these people are nightbloods, right? They're all nightbloods and they all came from Becca's time. So Yo. like not very far into our future. Here's the thing that I'm most excited about. I'm excited for, you know, the conflicts between them and, you know, the moral quandaries. And I'm really most excited because I feel like they're going to make pop culture references that we'll Dude, finally be able to laugh like, at. Literally, as soon as they came out, I was like, please, please reference a meme, please. Yeah. Like, someone better have, like, a bench sweater. <laughs> Dude, I just want, please reference a meme. Yeah. Road work ahead. Uh, yeah. I, I sure, sure hope, hope it does. does. Please, please make Vine references. Oh, no. You almost made me drop my croissant. Oh, my God. They were roommates. Oh, my God. They were. <laughs> it's a Raven. I know. Um. So then they're talking about how the nonviolent offenders will go with Zeke. And she's like, yeah, both of them. I'm like, good joke. I like you. <laughs> but is it a joke? It's not a joke. There were only two. What are they about? I'd like to know. I mean... But that's just How a me the- thing. I'm like, hey, what are their names? What did they do? Can Wait, I be their friend? Two- are, are they not the two that got murdered in the village? Uh, If they were, one of those guys was not very good at being nonviolent. Oh, okay. Then he probably wasn't. I feel like it might have been that one guy. But I thought that like she was like, hey, McCreary, do the sweep. And Zeke, do the something else and so i thought that they were on the sweep and so they probably weren't the two non-violent guys yeah oh, i can't yeah, remember what she not. told zeke to do but so then she still says that he's still her favorite mass murderer and i'm like you haven't met clark yet oh <laughs> that was brutal but also <laughs> he hasn't met octavia yet either exactly Oh, and so they scary. have like these crazy guns that were like question mark what is that and so yeah they're just kind of preparing for or oh clark is preparing to uh get him and so maddie shot the dude and the other dude is like dude are you seriously gonna shoot this kid and the dude's like whatever how about her leg and so clark comes in and gets him maddie ends up killing him but like that was too close to call bro how much shooting practice have you done don't mess with clark's baby though true like that's like hardcore like mama bear realness right now she's like Mm -hmm. no mercy yeah and so she's like, oh, no, he tried to help me. Maybe he's good. And she's like, there are no nope. good guys. And you're like, bro, that was a great trailer moment. <laughs> and bro, Abby said it first. And I think we should all acknowledge that. And so they're like off yonder and they hear the gunshots and they realize they're not alone, which is obviously, you know, the heckin' pilot, the end of the pilot. Okay, I loved this moment because you know what I would do if I landed on an irradiated planet where no one was and then I heard a sound? I w- what would you do? I would say that exact thing. 
We're not alone. I would look around and be like, we are not alone. Because TV has trained me to, and these people came from our time. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> She'd be like, time for drama. Yeah. True, true, true. So it's time for segments. My first segment is called the Post-Apocalyptic Sass Watch, um, which we're going to keep calling that, but it's mostly just our favorite line award because my mine isn't very sassy. It's just a good line. Okay. So mine goes to Clark for... I came to Arcadia looking for food or water, but all I found were ghosts. Oh. Oof. Ouch. Oof. And Brittany's going to join me in the post-apocalyptic Yay! sass watch. I'm really excited to. And mine is going to go to Charmaine for... Relax, McCreary. You're still my favorite mass murderer. Because I'm obsessed with that line. So good. I don't want to, like, expo- explore why. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, now it's time for my other segment, which is the Most Valuable Protagonist Award. So um, this week's MVP is Clark, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. My segment is CGSW, which is the Clark Griffin shower watch. And as we mentioned earlier, Clark took a shower. Snaps, totally. Clark's probably taken a lot of showers. True. I'm really proud of her. Me too. Yeah. She has access to water. Yes, she does. Yeah. And then my second one is the Marcus Kane beard appreciation, but unfortunately, no good beard because he was not in this episode. I'm sure it's a good beard, though. I feel in my heart that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trailer reactions in three, two... One, play. Play. There are too many people in this bunker. There's Abby too and Kane. Jaha. You are one group, or you are the enemy of one All right, Octavia, you need to calm down a little bit. I'm, oh. why did they use footage from the first episode? I don't know. Okay, okay. Like, it's so short, that's literally 17 seconds long. Yeah, they're keeping something very secret about this episode. Yeah. Because even the promo pictures show you nothing. Yeah, okay, okay, here we go. So, yeah, we're at Polis. We've seen this before. Who's here? Abby and Kane. No one in the background I care about. Jaha. People on the ground who I don't know. Um, is that it? Them in the ring? Uh, I don't know. Okay. More people. It looks like Octavia's holding a sword to oh, people. Yeah. Indra, Gaia, Nyla. Another random dude. The Theo of one crew. <laughs> <laughs> And bloody Octavia killing people. What else is new? Yeah, yeah. Juice. Kane being worried about how much blood he has to clean up because he's a janitor. If you haven't seen the Metastation trailer reaction, definitely I go look them. at it. It's really funny. I hate them. <laughs> Octavia holding her hands up, which... She's holding her hands up because she's throwing a single sword into that ring. Ooh. Whoever gets the sword survives. Snip, snap. And I think, so, I think Kane's like, in that ring. Bro, there's nothing in this trailer. No. There's nothing here. There's no. I have nothing to say. Everything from that trailer came from the original trailer. There's nothing new in it. Except for that mm-hmm. one shot of Abby and Kane. They're, yeah. they're hiding something huge about this episode, and I don't know what it is. Ah! I'm excited. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, season two is almost done, bro. Like, I wish I was kidding, but like this show has done a flip. It is incredible. And it's a musical. And it's a musical. They sing a lot in it. We talk- Guys, it's actually so good. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about Riverdale. We're enjoying it so much. And we've done all of season one and yeah. all of season two. So if you're looking for something, there it is. And our main interest in Riverdale is the Riverdale equivalent of Cabby, I believe. Yeah. Which is the snake Dude. the snake parents. Yeah. There's sky parents yeah. and then there's snake parents. Yeah. 
If you're a fan of Lost, Robin in particular, I don't know if you got that from yeah. this podcast, really <laughs> likes that show and likes talking That's about it. That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you enjoy that show, you should check out that podcast. We did all of season one and we just interviewed Andrea Gabriel, who played Nadia. And that is up for your listening pleasure as well. Yeah. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, Redbubble, most places, but mostly Twitter. But keep your eye on YouTube because I have a 100 related project going up relatively soon. Ooh, and I have some great ideas too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it right now. It just takes me a while. I'm excited. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating on account of like it costs a lot of money. <laughs> it's expensive. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> We're trying to do some more shows. Our short list right now is Orphan Black, Stranger Things, and Battlestar Galactica. So if you're interested in, in uh, hearing any of those podcasts, let us know on Twitter. And please consider donating to our Patreon because that would really help us out yeah. and uh, help that happen. Or send us suggestions for other shows that you'd like to hear about. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And I also run at The 100 Script um, where we go through every – line of the hundred in order and it's great yeah uh it's a pretty popular account i'm pleased with it yeah and you can follow me on twitter at abritania which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end and like spoiler alert i talk about drag queens a lot so (laughs) it's true i mean same yeah um the next episode is 502 which is called red queen (sighs) i'm ready so like cards alice in wonderland that's what i got from it i fully think it's alice in wonderland Mm-hmm. Or like uh, like a queen that is bathed in blood, which is very much Octavia. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Me crying over Abby Griffin more likely than you think. <laughs>